You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Vakani at Bilal V87 on Twitter. It's Wednesday night, and that can mean only one thing. I'm back to rip apart AEW. And let's put it this way. AEW Dynamite makes even less sense in Week 2. It opened up with the commentators throwing out every match in the card way too fast for anyone to make heads or tails of. I had to pause this multiple times to figure out what the hell was going on. We finally got into the Young Bucks taking on Private Party. The Young Bucks, reminiscent of the Usos. Uh, this great team that has great experience, arguably the best in AEW. Taking on Private Party, who is really, really a cheap version of the Street Profits. I'm sorry, they're just a less interesting version of those guys. They're these hip-hop style, you know, team. And they just they don't connect for me the same way. We got a hype package, one of the few in AEW Dynamite, and all I got were the Young Bucks telling me they're the best, not explaining why. This isn't Shane McMahon where he they won a tournament. This, in fact, this is part of the tournament. This wasn't CM Punk telling you he's the best on the mic, he's the best in the ring, he's done it all over the world. No, these are just two punks in their 30s telling you they're the best. Millennials. Oh, wait, I'm a millennial. Anyways, Private Party, their part of the promo was, well, you don't know who you who we are, but maybe we're great. Maybe? Ugh. Anyways, we get into this match. First part of this tag team tournament, which I'm sure will drop off a effing cliff after this. And again, private party. They had the little red rope, but then I can't tell you anything noticeable about their entrance. SCU was ringside along with the losers, as Jason Muse called them last week, and I still don't remember their damn names. Not that I got any help here. It was also pointed out there would be a 20-minute time limit. Which we knew from last week. But if if, if the limit was reached, both teams were out. So, in theory, if every team hit the time limit, nobody would win this tournament. Great rules, AEW. And it was so stupid because when the 10-minute mark came up and it was announced that 10 minutes had passed, even Jim Ross on commentary commented, what was that? And they had to explain to Jim, oh, we have to announce when 10 minutes have passed because we have this stupid rule. Fair enough. The match itself was really great, but what I started to struggle with was who was the face and who was the heel in this match? Because the Young Bucks are buddies with Cody, who's the most over guy in the company, and Private Party is pretending to be Street Profit and trying to be a group of the people, so there was no heel in this first round matchup. God help us when we get later in the tournament. Much to my surprise, Private Party won. So, so much for that BS narrative that the Young Bucks are the best. You're the best, and you could get out of the effing round of the first tournament. F you. I didn't give a crap that they were the best before, but now I will never take the Young Bucks seriously. And if you were going to sell them as the best, have them win your effing tournament. Holy crap. Ugh. Uh, the, the Private Party did their imitation of the Street Profits crowd thing where they got in the crowd and celebrated... The crowd was kind of into it. They just cut to commercial because they are not the Street Profits. Their celebration is not worthy of actual time on television. We came back. Chris Jericho showed up with the discount NWO, Sammy Guevara, who I still, who also calls himself the best because that's not been overdone in AEW. LAX, who don't even call themselves LAX anymore. I'm not going to learn their real names because they suck. Jack Swagger, or Jack Hager, because he apparently didn't own his last name. 
Jericho cut what I could only describe as a pretty straightforward heel promo introducing the guys, which made me realize Jack Swagger looked like he was dressed to play golf. Sammy Guevara looked like he was dressed for a rock concert and forgot his t-shirt. Santana and Ortiz, okay, I did learn their names, were just dressed like gangsters. You know, a lot of merchandise opportunity missed right there. <clears throat> Certainly since the AEW website apparently crashed when Jericho announced this would be the inner circle. That would be the name of the group. And he started picking on the Rhodes family, although he didn't go after Brandy, which was a weird omission. And he took a little shot at WWE's writing team. Okay, and he dropped an S-bomb. There's nothing I haven't heard before. You know, I really wasn't too impressed with this, to be honest. The AEW fanboys and girls loved it, but what did we hear here we haven't heard before? We then had a number one contenders match for Jericho's title, despite the fact Cody Rhodes is already slotted to face him November 9th. So we have a title match in a month, but we're going to have another title match next week. But hey, maybe there are worthy contenders. Nope, this was basically a Halloween party early as Jimmy Havoc took on Darby Allin. And this was so slapped together, Havoc came out, they put together some sort of uh, pre-match, pre-tape promo with him where the lighting was so bad. I assume this was Darby Allin talking, not Havoc, because I've never seen Darby Allin before. And his hair was not visible in the shot, let alone his mask he came out to. So his character wasn't even properly portrayed in this picture-in-picture -picture promo. So that was the first problem. Holy bad lighting, Batman, is what I wrote down. We then got Allen, whose story was through a video package. He faced Cody Rhodes, who was the number one contender. Cody Rhodes was about to beat him, but he got saved by a second because the time ran out. So this guy had no business in this match, and of course he won. Because it's FNAW, any stupid thing can happen. The stupid time limit. If this was WWE, this guy would have lost to Cody. He would not be in the number one contendership. And there is no way in hell he would be facing Jericho next week. He has no business in this match. He didn't deserve to win this match against Jimmy Havoc, who obviously also didn't deserve to be in the number one contenders match. And Jericho, I don't even think he made any reference to the number one contenders match in his promo. And if he did, I didn't hear it. And I don't care. Total waste of time. There is no way in hell Darby Allin beats Jericho next week. I will bet you that. There is no way. They're already promoting Cody and Jericho November 9th. Most people are already writing this off. Stupid. To quote Randy Orton, stupid, stupid, stupid. We also got Emu, Emu Sakara, and Bia Priestley, which was very confusing because the graphics were on the wrong superstars coming out. The commentary, most of the commentary introducing these two superstars to the audience had the wrong shots of the wrong wrestlers when the commentators were talking because far be it for this amazing three-man booth to look at their effing monitors and realize who they're talking about. Just just throw out your generic intros to, this to these characters. Don't even bother to look who's got a close-up on TV. Amateurs. Jim Ross. I've learned his name, Excalibur. And Tony Schiavone, who's obviously been doing nothing since WCW. Amateurs. And I say I give JR a little credit with age. But unbelievably bad. We then got Rio, who we found out was 98 pounds. That was narratively the strongest thing in this match was her weight. Feed this woman. Uh, and Britt Baker, who... I guess we know she's a dentist now, not a doctor. Are dentists considered doctor? I don't know. I don't care. I have a cousin who's a dentist. I could care less. Nice cousin, though. Shout out to uh, Nadia. Moving on. They ran a commercial break. 
here's what happened during the commercial break of this match in pitcher and pitcher. And I'll give them credit. At least they got the pitcher and pitcher right this week. Rio hit a full a 619 during the commercial break. A tag happened. A tag team special move happened. A reverse back suplex into a near fall happened. A mule kick happened. Another near fall happened. And then they came back and they didn't really make any reference to any of this. What? That was one of the worst executed commercial breaks I have ever seen in my entire life of watching wrestling from the time I was 13 to now, which is about 18 years. Unbelievably bad. Britt Baker won this match with some variation of the Rings of Saturn and Amanda Buclaw, which looked very ineffective. But Sakura immediately tapped out. And there was some reference to Britt Baker winning the match last week, which was not part of the show. Britt Baker was on commentary last week, so I have no idea what the F they're talking about because all I have to go by is AEW Dynamite. I'm sort of aware there's some sort of dark match baloney happening somewhere, but that wasn't made clear by the commentary. After the match, uh, Priestley, who apparently had some sort of issue with Britt Baker that was just kind of alluded to, it never really was explained. They sort of fought after it got broken up. They forgot the replay graphics after this match because amateurs. And we found out later that next week Rio will face Britt Baker, which wasn't set up at all in this match. They were teammates. They got along perfectly. And Baker made nothing in terms of overtures toward the title. She didn't even point at the title and mouth that she would like a title shot. So that was totally random. And it just shows you how shallow this women's division is. Whew, I'm going to run out of breath for the end of this. We came back to some hugs between best friends, who apparently is some sort of tag team. They did some interview. They're going <coughs> to face SCU next week. Apparently, Orange Cassidy was there. Luckily, I recognized him because they sure as hell did not set that up correctly. There was a black screen. Once again, Jim Ross had no idea what was going on. What was going on. Apparently, it was the entrance to Sean Spears. He's now the chairman because that's a better gimmick than the perfect 10. Hint, it's not. Um, they go to a commercial break right after this. Because, you know, there was no in-ring action. We'll just go to commercial. We found out Pac was on commentary. He had nothing to say until the match started. Then he wouldn't shut up, which was kind of brilliant. And he made a decent point about championship opportunities. But come on. He could have done this later in the match. And I feel like it would have been more effective if he just randomly, five minutes into the match, started talking about how it should be him. But he's not Dolph Ziggler. We finally got John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose, taking on Sean Spears, who I mentioned earlier, with Tully Blanchard. Obviously, Sean Spears was Ty Dillinger in WWE. During one of the breaks, they did a pitcher-in-pitcher -pitcher where Sean hit a bunch of strikes, got a near fall. And another fall. And they were in and out of the ring two different, uh, you know twice and all that happened during the break unbelievable kenny omega came out after this match which moxley won i forget how <coughs> with a barbed wire bat and a broom also with barbed wire for some reason he gave ambrose the bat which is about the stupidest thing i've seen in a while pack just decided to attack kenny which you kind of thought would happen because pack very obviously left the commentary position and they called it out and then he kind of looked at moxley and then walked away which was whatever and moxley i guess is actually understands being a face and didn't attack Omega. Although, Omega's a face too. So who's the bad guy here? I guess maybe Pac will get thrown into this. I don't know. The main event, and I use that term very loosely, 
was Hangman Page and Dustin Rhodes versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Hager was ringside with them, although not LAX, so that, that faction's razor tight. Not even the right expression. They made a big deal about how this match would be TV time, but I looked at the DVR, my DVR. There was 25 minutes left on the hour, and that was before entrances, which were about two or three minutes. So, you know, you got a whole extra two minutes, kids. Blow your brains out. Don't do that. Um, and it also made me think, how effing shallow is this roster that we've gone through two episodes, and I don't know, we've had, what, 20 viable superstars? Jeez. Anyways, Swagger saved Jericho from a shattered dreams. Jericho hit his awful elbow finisher. I don't know how somebody hasn't pulled him aside and said, Chris, that's terrible. It's worse than John Cena's strike of doom. Anyways, Jericho wins. Uh, after the match, they attack Dustin. Paige decided to get up and help him finally. He got took out by Hager. They went back and forth. So it was two on one with Guevara and Jericho taking on Cody. Sorry, taking on Dustin. Cody, of course, made the save long after the fans called for him. <coughs> took out Sammy. Uh, Dustin did, so it became one-on-one -on -one with Cody and Jericho. LAX came to help Jericho. MJF had a chair. It looked like he was going to help Jericho. There was some sort of commentary alluding to how he was Cody's friend. And MJF, who allegedly, and I want to say allegedly, is the greatest heel in this company, helped out the boss, who's a face. Because... This company can't decide what's what. So MJF helps Cody Rhodes. And they're in good shape. Jericho starts to back away. And Darby Allen shows up. He attacks Jericho. He comes down with the skateboard, which is pretty cool. Jericho cuts some promo about how he's going to face Darby Allen next week. And then he'll face Cody Rhodes on November 9th. Whew! As you can tell, I hate these shows. I really do. There is, and I want to make this clear, there's very good wrestling happening. But, dear God, if I had a dollar for every time the best was thrown around, or every time a character wasn't set up correctly, or every time these guys tried to rip something off the WCW playbook, I'd be rich right now. This is brutal. Absolutely brutal. And I get the fanboys. Fine. If you want to be an AEW fanboy and say, Ooh, we have an alternative. This is great. Knock yourself out. I'm, I'm glad you're happy. But for the, the, the rational, moderate fan, and I looked at Twitter a bit because I just got bored during the last commercial break, who's saying, Oh, it's such an improvement. It's, it's so much better than NXT. No, it's not. No, it's not. Let, let's do a quick rundown because well, I, I, I like going along here. Yes, Chris Jericho is a legend, but a legend out of his prime. Are you going to tell me that today, not not five years ago, today, that Chris Jericho is better than Adam Cole? No. Adam Cole is just generations Sean Effie Michaels. And I know he's not there yet, but we all know he's going to get there. So don't you dare tell me anything else. Are you going to tell me that Rio, 98-pound Rio, can hold a candle to Shayna Baszler? Hell no. Are you going to tell me private party, Private Party is better than the Street Profits? No. Are they better than the Undisputed Era's Tag Team Champions, Fish and O'Reilly? No. Are you going to tell me that North American Champion Roderick Strong... Oh, wait, they don't even have a mid-card title. Stop the argument right there. 
Are you going to try to tell me that JR, who doesn't know what's going on, is better than Moro Ronaldo? No. And I know Moro is very cheesy, but I'd rather cheesy and breezy and you know what you're talking about than what's going on every hour. Because that's what we got tonight. We had one of the greatest commentators of all time on this new company trying his damn best. I love JR. He's been on SiriusXM and I booked him on his show. He's a great guy. If he doesn't know what's going on, you got a real problem. And I get they got a good rating the first week. And Jericho tried to overblow these numbers. I give him credit. That's a good heel tactic. I actually think they'll do pretty good the second week. But this is going to fall off a cliff. Because they don't have CM Punk. Yes, they have Orange Cassidy. They gave Cody Rhodes kind of a week off here. They could probably do something with Brandy Rhodes. There's some other stars we haven't seen. Luchasaurus is out there. There's a lot to go in this tag team tournament. They've got some more moves to play. I give AEW that. They've got some good cards in their deck. But man, they have a lot of problems. And I look at this show, and I'll be honest. If I didn't have a podcast to tear this thing apart for the piece of crap it is, I'd stop watching last week. Because it's not worth my two hours. Is it worth your two hours to watch this company give away a 619 in a commercial break? To watch this company company not know what's going on? To watch this company take a guy like Darby Allen, who's about to lose to Cody Rhodes in a second, in a second, and make him the number one contender for the title next week as some lame attempt to put the title on the line? When we all know Darby Allen will not win. I will repeat Darby Allen will not win. And if he wins, it'll be one of the stupidest decisions in wrestling. Period. And I could go on. I went on for half an hour last week. But I'm going to stop. Because you get it. If you're listening to me at the 18-minute mark, you get it. And if you get it, you get it. If you don't, or if you can look past this, I envy you. I truly, if you are so deprived for an alternative to WWE that you can look past idiotic production, poor booking decisions, no build, awful commercial breaks, and I could go on and on, bad commentary. I envy you. I truly do. But this is crap. This is worse than every show WWE puts out right now. Every wrestling show from SmackDown, Raw, NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, all the way down to main event. I'd rather watch Dana Brooke take on Sarah Logan for the hundredth time than watch Darby Allen and Jimmy Avick go in there with no build, except I'm Jimmy Havoc, and I haven't had a shot. And I'm Darby Allen, and I should have lost to Cody Rhodes, but this company that he runs has such idiotic rules that I technically didn't win, so I'm in a match. Oh, and by the way, a few minutes later, I'm the number one contender. But it's next week, and Cody's got a shot after. So I'm not really the number one contender, because even if I won, Cody Rhodes would just kiss, kick my ass. I don't have time for this crap. If not for this podcast. And listeners like you. As always, follow me, tweet at me at BilalV87. If you loved AEW, please tell me. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to joke with you about it, make some snide joke. But honestly, I'd be happy for you as well. I'll be back on Friday for SmackDown. And we'll go from there. 
Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Thank you.